0: You are listening to a sermon from the Mulvane Church of Christ in Mulvane, Kansas. Subscribe in your favorite podcatching app or find and listen to any sermon online at com slash sermons. Here in 2 Thessalonians 1, we're at the last three verses of chapter 1. 2 Thessalonians 1, verses 9 10 excuse me, 10, 11, and 12, verses 10, 11, 12. We've had the certainty of judgment told to us. We've had the terror of judgment. God's coming to deal out retribution. You don't want to be on that side of God's holy sword. And we've had the conditions uh, that will be applied at that judgment. Verse 8, the retribution comes on those who don't know God. And those who don't obey the gospel, and I mentioned in that, that's one of the summaries we use for the gospel sometimes, do people obey the gospel. In some places, they talk about the the gospel is received. Uh, There's nothing for man to do. Well, here, Paul talks about people obeying it. And so we also saw how that was pretty much the not knowing God are the Gentiles who haven't come to the gospel. And the not obeying the gospel is largely the Jews who had the gospel preached to them but rejected it. And so we could see that as the common uh, distinguishing in the New, as New Testament as in so many other places of Jew and Gentile. For those who don't know God and those who don't obey the gospel, there's the penalty of eternal destruction. And it's away from the presence of God. One of the things it said about hell is it's outer darkness. One of the reasons why it's out darkness is because God's not there. It's away from his presence. In heaven, he is the light. There's no need of light there because he is the light. And we'll all see him face to face. Well, we conclude after having talked about uh, this in this certainty and terror of judgment for those who will receive the penalty, for those who will be on the end of the retribution. We also then in verse 10... And 11, have the other folks, the saints. So the saints will not be in the retribution, and the saints will not receive the penalty. Verse 10, when he comes to be glorified in his saints on that day. So one of the ways to talk about the end of the church and the end of the saved is glorification. We'll be glorified. And we'll be glorified in him. And it also speaks about the fact he'll be glorified in us. This is, this is the esteem in which he holds us. This is the uh, uh, concern he has and the love he has for uh, those of his family, those of his body, of his church. When he comes to be glorified in his saints. So we're glorified in him and he's glorified in us. What a glorious day that'll be. We should put that in the song somewhere. And be marveled at among all who believe. So as marvelous and wonderful as this gospel is so far, it seems like the Apostle Paul is saying, when this actually comes, all this that we've hoped for, all this we've talked toward, all this that we've striven for, when this actually comes, and you actually get to see it, it'll be a, like, wow. A whole new reason for marveling, or the King James, be admired. We're, we're just going to be in awe again of what he's done for us, and that we get to be in this, You're you're my children, come on. You're with me. And It is for those, he says, for our testimony to you was believed. Again, what is the great summary over and over of the gospel? That people believe it. They believe the testimony. What testimony? They believe that gospel that was preached, that power of God to salvation that Paul talked about in Romans 1. Here are the people that believe it. They believe this testimony this great treasure in earth and earthen vessels, this great message of salvation, the word of the cross. People believed it and are saved. These are the ones who obeyed the gospel. So verse 11, to this end, that you can be part of that, that, that we can be part of that, that we can be in the glorification side of this, not the retribution side of this, not the punishment side of this, but the admiration and marvel side of this, that we can be on the right side. Of this great event. To this end. We also pray for you. Always. That our God may count you worthy of your calling. So here's another way to describe. The life of a Christian. Obeyed the gospel. Believed. And now. Worthy of the calling. In the book of Ephesians. Talk about walking. Worthy of the calling. Here it talks about God counting you. As worthy of the calling. So once you had the gospel. And believed it. And began to obey it. Did your life comport with it in a way that God says you're worthy of the calling I gave you in the gospel? And did you fulfill every desire for goodness and the work of faith with power? And so we have this doing good. You know, what's that summary of Jesus' life? He went about doing good and healing those oppressed by the devil in Acts 10. Are you doing good? And this is one of the places. Where it says in the scriptures, you can do everything you want to do. You can fulfill all your desires. For goodness. For goodness. Because our hearts have been changed. What we want is no longer that which is selfish, destructive, sinful, exploitative, harmful. Not loving our neighbor. Not getting one over on our neighbor. But now that we love our neighbor as ourself. We love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. What would we want to do? Good things. Don't you have a list of good things you wish you could do? Try and do some of them. We should all have this list of things in our mind, a desire for goodness that we can begin to work on. And in faith, we begin to carry them out. The work of faith with power. And so we can work in faith. So be worthy of the calling. Do your good desires. Work in faith. Because God and Christ is in us. Verse 12. In order that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you. So his name will be glorified in us now. To a you know, limited degree. To the degree we follow him. To the degree we have the ability to do these good things. But then we'll be glorified in him and him in us when he comes fully. But we start showing that glory. Now we are, as he said on Sermon on the Mount, a light to the world. And you in him. So Again. We just know the commiseration of Jesus with us. His condensation to be with us. The uh, the the uh, exchange of these things. That he has lifted up to us to his level. That he's with us and we're with him. That you may be glorified, he and you, and you and him. Jesus, the, the creator, the one whom the father decided to create the world. The one who redeems us all, the perfect one. He is now... In this reciprocal relationship with us, where he's our friend and we're a friend to him. And he'll be glorified in us and us in him. And all this is by grace, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Without grace, in what way could you even approach Jesus, much less have some kind of reciprocal relationship with him? Come on. But by the grace of God, lifted to this. And so, here is the bright side of judgment. Uh, What's the song from the movie, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life? Well, here, we're looking on the bright side of judgment. Why? Because we're with Jesus, and he's with us. And we have desires for good because of the cleansing within us. We have faith that we can work because we believe that testimony, and we obeyed that gospel, and that made all the difference. So with that, let's think about the glorification of the church and of God in judgment. Yes, yeah, sadly for some, it's retribution and penalty, but for those in Him in faith, it's glorification forevermore. Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Malvane Church of Christ. Additional sermons and information available at mulvanechurch.com. Come see what a difference the Bible way makes.